Thank you. The word of God from Psalm 99, a psalm of praise to the holy God who reigns. The Lord reigns, let the people tremble. He is enthroned between the cherubim, let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awe-inspiring name. He is holy. The mighty king loves justice. You have established fairness. You have administered justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God. Bow in worship at his footstool. He is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those calling on his name. They called to the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them in a pillar of cloud. They kept his decrees and the statutes he gave them. Lord our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their sinful actions. Exalt the Lord our God. Bow in worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. I'm going to encourage you to take a copy of the scriptures if you have one with you on your device or a physical copy and turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Thank you, Anthony, for reading Psalm 99 for us in preparation for our study in the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to invite you to, once you've found your place, bow with me once again as we ask for God's blessing on our time. Kind and gracious Father in heaven, King of the universe and King of our hearts, what we know not, teach us. What we are not, make us. What we have not, give us. For the sake of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So in our study of the Lord's Prayer, found in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9, this morning we come to the first petition. Our Lord teaches us to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. As Jesus teaches us about prayer and how to practice participation with God through prayer, the first petition may sound odd to our ears. After all, the word hallow is probably not a word that you have used recently outside of the Lord's Prayer, unless you have recited Lincoln's Gettysburg Address recently. In that address, Lincoln said, but in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. So in that address, Lincoln actually sheds light on a word that's fallen out of use today. To hallow something is to 
set it apart, to consecrate it for a special purpose. To hallow is to revere, to honor, to treat something as holy. Back in November of last year, one pastor, D.J. Murata, observed that there are not two categories of people, worshipers and non-worshipers. There is only one category of mankind, worshiper. We can't help but worship someone or something. He's not alone in this observation. We all hallow something. We treat something or someone as holy. But doesn't our increasingly secular culture, perhaps you ask, that divorces reality and everyday life from any sense of the sacred, doesn't that demonstrate that human beings can actually not be worshipers? Isn't it possible to be both human and not a worshiper? And the answer to that is no. Even those who would say there is no God or, or who try to remove God from everyday life and living must replace God with someone or something to worship. And so human reason becomes what is hallowed, or ideal humanity as a goal, or maybe the state becomes hallowed, or political ideologies or worldviews like uninhibited sexual freedom. And those who refuse to metaphorically bow the knee to any particular altar, altar or who refuse to hallow whatever a particular group sets apart as sacred, those individuals will soon find themselves out of favor, canceled, unwelcome, because you have gone against what is hallowed. You cannot be a human without being a worshiper. Paul Tripp says it this way, we are hardwired for awe. Awe of something sits at the bottom of everything that you say and do. So in reality, your week this week, my week this week, was an expression of a living portrait painted by your own hand in vivid color of what you hallow, what you stand in awe of, what you set apart as holy, what you revere. This morning, let's look at this petition by asking four questions. And the first question is this, what do you hallow? Daily, you and I attempt to rewrite the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be my career, my children, my comfort, my health, my romance, my relationships. Hallowed be my image before others. Hallowed be my money, my security, 
Hallowed be my reputation, my attractiveness, my smarts, my education. Father in heaven, hallowed be my goals and my dreams. So what is it that you hallow? Consider these helpful diagnostic questions again from Paul Tripp found in his book, Awe. Where do you experience your biggest moments of happiness or your darkest moments of sadness? What angers you or crushes you with disappointment? What motivates you to continue or makes you feel like quitting? Where do you tend to envy or what do you tend to envy in the lives of others? Or where does jealousy make you bitter? What makes you think your life is worth living or cause you to feel like your life is a waste? When you say, if I only had, how do you finish that sentence? What are you willing to make sacrifices for, and what in your life just doesn't seem worth the effort? He finishes this list of questions with this statement, look at your highest joys and your deepest sorrows, and you will find where you reach for awe. See, Jesus' model prayer here is terribly subversive. He will teach us to pray for our needs. And he will even teach us to pray for our desires. But before any of that, Jesus teaches us to pray against our own idolatry. Against our, our, our awe-wrongedness, in Tripp's words. He teaches us to practice participation in what God is doing by calling us to self-examination. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I used to think this request was really naming something external that God ought to be doing. Kind of like pointing a finger at a need or a task and saying, hey, so-and-so, would you take care of that? But this petition is an invitation for God to be hollowed, not out there, not just out there, but in here, in my heart, and in yours. Father, hallow your name, set it apart as holy in me. To use Old Testament imagery, Father, tear down the idolatry, the idols, the images, the high places of worship to every other thing that holds a place of awe in my heart. And at the end of the day, make it so that any and all awe is rooted from you, through you, and to you. So friend, be thoughtful when you pray the Lord's Prayer. You are asking something of God that is more life-altering than simply 
provide for my needs. This petition orients our prayer around God's glory first and foremost. You're asking God to so exalt himself in your heart that you can't help but stand in reverential awe of him. So question number one, what do you hallow? Question number two, what should you hallow? Our Lord teaches us to pray, hallowed be your name. Now, the name of God refers not just to any one of the titles that any individual member of the Trinity goes by, Adonai, Yahweh, Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit. No, the word name refers to the very character, the nature of God, his perfections. Maybe you remember remember this man, his name is Moses. God had called Moses to a Herculean task. He was to bring two million or so former slaves out of Egypt so that God could take Egypt out of them. And he brought them into the wilderness to become the people of God by covenant. But even after God had enacted this incredible deliverance through miraculous signs and wonders those men and women turned from worshiping God and began to worship a false god. And as Moses thought about what was ahead of him and leading these stubborn people, he asked God something. He asked God, show me your glory. It's a pretty bold request of a human to ask of God. How does God respond? Well, we read in Exodus 33, the Lord God says, I will make all my goodness pass before your face, and I will proclaim the Lord by name before you. When my glory passes by, I'll put you in a cleft in the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I'll take away my hand and you will see my back, but my face you must not see. In essence, God was saying, Moses, you'll be able to see my afterglow, but you can't see my glory. No one can see my glory and live. So God makes plans to protect Moses from a sight of his glory that would kill him, while declaring he will indeed see God's glory as God's goodness is displayed, as his name is proclaimed. So what happens? Verse 6, the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in loyal love and faithfulness, keeping loyal love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but he by no means leaves the guilty unpunished, responding to the transgression of fathers by dealing with the children and children's children to the third and fourth generation. So what do we, what do we see here in this passage? 
God associates his name, the Lord, I am that I am, with his perfections, his compassion, his grace, his slowness to anger, his loyal love, his faithfulness, his forgiveness, and yes, his judgment upon sin. Friends, this is who we are to stand in awe of. This is who you and I ought to hallow every single day. And when we pray, hallowed be your name, we are not saying merely, may your name be regarded as holy. That's certainly part of it. But we're saying so much more than that. Last week, I referenced Thomas Manton multiple times. This week, another Puritan pastor by the name of Thomas Watson helps us to understand this passage, Matthew 6, verse 9. In this petition, we pray that God's name may shine forth gloriously and that it may be honored and sanctified by us in the whole purpose and melody of our lives. What a beautiful image. He goes on to say, It was the angel song, Glory be to God in the highest. That is, let his name be glorified and hallowed. Friends, you and I practice participation with God's activity through this petition specifically because, as another pastor wrote, prayer is the opportunity for God to display His glory. When you and I bow before our Father and pray, we are inviting Him into our lives and circumstances for Him to display His nature, His character. And our first priority in prayer ought to be the glory of God. His name, his reputation, his character, his perfections are what we ought to stand in awe of. So consider the character of God in light of what we consider this week. How might a refocus of our prayers to our Father in heaven asking him to hallow himself, glorify himself in and through us, how might that refocus change not just our prayers, but our lives? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is practicing partnership with God himself as he works in our world to glorify himself. Question number three. Why should we hallow the name of God? Well, there are at least three reasons. First, because God's glory is what God himself is working towards. To work for the glory or honor of anyone or anything else is to work against God. Isaiah 42, verse 8, 
I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not share my glory with anyone else or my praise do with me, or sorry, or the praise do me with idols. Verse 11, for my sake alone I will act, for how can I allow my name to be defiled? I will not share my glory with anyone else. We should seek to hallow the name of God in our lives because God is seeking to hallow himself in our world. That is what he is working towards today. Now, it's quite possible that you're sitting here a bit uncomfortable with that idea, maybe even a bit frustrated. After all, if we were talking about a human being, then we'd consider him or her to be quite arrogant and full of conceit if he or she was consistently working to glorify and honor self. So is God simply a proud and egotistical tyrant, clawing and clutching for that which he desires? Is he simply, well, like one of us? No. God is the greatest of beings, full of goodness and glory and perfection. If he were to seek the glory of another being or give his glory away to another being, then he would be acknowledging that he is not the supreme being. And so God himself would be living a lie and misleading all of his creation into believing what is not true and thus building their lives upon a lie, a foundation that cannot hold anything. So what you and I ought to view as appropriate humility in human beings, that becomes perverted into div divine idolatry if we project that back onto God himself. Think seriously about this question. Would you for a moment want the gloriously good sovereign God to seek the glory exclusively of any other being who is less glorious and good? Would that make for the flourishing of any part of God's creation? In sojourn, should we then seek the glory of any other entity who is less glorious than God? When we are praying that God would hallow his name, we are not praying that God would add something to his nature that he's lacking. No, we are praying that what he is, is seen and perceived more and more. So we should hallow the name of God because God himself is in the business of hallowing his name. Second, we should hallow the name of God because God's glory is the end, the goal 
for which you were made. Isaiah 43 again says this, Bring my sons from distant lands, my daughters from the remote regions of the earth, everyone who belongs to me, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed, yes, whom I made. Watson again. Hallowing God's name is the very end or goal of our being, of our existence. Why did God give us life but that by living we may hallow his name? Why did he give us souls but to admire him and tongues but to praise him? The excellence of a thing is the end for which it was made as of a star to give light, of a plant to be fruitful, of a knife to be sharp. So the excellence of a Christian is to complete the end of his creation. What is that end? To hallow God's name and to live to that God by whom he lives. And in this quote is uncovered the very heinousness of sin. What is sin? Sin is to take the gifts of God that he gave to us to experience and express his glory and use them to experience what dishonors him. Using those gifts to express the glory and honor of lesser things robbing God of the glory he deserves. Our sin is no less than cosmic treason against God himself. And no matter what other things we need to be delivered from, sin is ultimately what we need deliverance from. So it's quite possible I'm talking to multiple individuals in this room who have not yet bowed to Jesus as Lord and Savior and treasure and satisfaction. And if that's the case, then you are giving worship and glory to someone or something else. And your sin in this way against him secures against you the everlasting judgment of God. How is that fair, you say? Well, because God's glory is infinite. And so robbing God, the infinite God, of the infinite glory he deserves is an infinitely heinous crime. And it deserves infinite wrath. And follower of Jesus... Our self-centeredness is a form of self-worship, a robbing of God of what is rightfully His. So that means your anger this week is most likely evidence that your awe compass is out of whack. Your lust this week is evidence that you stand in awe of sexual pleasure and beauty more than God Himself. 
Our prayerlessness this week is evidence that we stand in awe of our own solutions and ingenuity and fixes and strength to make life work more than we do of God. And yes, even our anxiety this week is evidence that we don't really believe either that God is completely good or completely sovereign or both. And so we don't believe he's worthy of our worship expressed through our trust of him. Our greed is evidence that something money can buy has captured our awe more than God has. And even our tendency to minimize the gathering of God's church or to avoid community with God's people is evidence that we stand in awe of our own wisdom and ingenuity and autonomy than we do God's authority and design. Third, we should honor, hallow the name of God because this is what Jesus was after. He prays in John 17, I have revealed your name. Is he saying I've simply declared God is God? I am is I am? No, he's saying I have revealed your character, your nature. He prays later in this same prayer, I made known your name to them and I'll continue to make it known. So how did Jesus make the name, the character of God known? Remember that infinite wrath we mentioned just a few moments ago that you and I deserve for robbing God of his infinite glory? God the Father sent God the Son to take upon himself God's infinite wrath for you and for me so that you and I need never face the infinite wrath of God for our, our, our robbery. So that our lack of honor and glory to God might be eternally and finally forgiven in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus makes the name, the character of God known through his willing submission to the justice of God on the cross so that you and I might experience the mercy of God. There are many in our world who respect Jesus as a good man, who even seek to emulate Jesus in their living, but who have not done so with the same purpose Jesus did. They do not seek to make the name of God known, to honor and glorify and hallow God's name. But for those of us who follow Jesus as not merely a good man or a good teacher, but as the Son of God who gave himself for our awe-wrongedness, question number four, how do we hallow the name of God? And here's where we come to application whether you're a follower of Jesus or not yet a follower of Jesus, the solution to our sin is the same. 
God made a way for his glory to be magnified even more by forgiving our cosmic treason against him. If we will but repent of our awe robbery, our worship thieving, if we will trust in Jesus alone as the glorious Son of God given by God to be our Savior, our treasure, our King. This is the first and primary way by which any man or woman can give glory to God. And friend, you will either honor God now by receiving the freedom from sin, the pardon from his wrath, now by trusting in Jesus. Or someday God's justice will be glorified in the pouring out of his infinite wrath upon your infinite robbery of his glory. to acknowledge God for who he is and to accept his great gift to us points to his glory. It shouts his name and his just and his saving character. And to reject him is to say his gift doesn't matter. And he's not going to matter in our lives. So first, For us to hallow God, we need to receive Jesus. Second, and quite simply, we hallow God's name when we petition God to hallow his name. We are practicing partnership with God when we request of him before anything else. Father, hallow your name in your world. Glorify yourself. But what will this look like? How do we honor and glorify God once we've said amen and we go about our day? Well, there's a number of ways. Which one stands out to you? God is hallowed by you when you profess him as your God in whom you trust publicly before others. God is hallowed by you when you hold him highest in your thoughts. God is hallowed by you when you trust in him. Psalm 33, our hearts rejoice in him for we trust in his holy name. God is hallowed by you when you love him and treasure him for his character, not being ashamed that he is both a supremely loving God as well as a justly righteous God. 1 Peter 1.8, you have not seen him but you love him. You do not see him now, but you believe in him, and so you rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy, and that hallows the name of God. God is hallowed by you when you give him the worship he deserves, worship that is holy, not irreverent, worship that is spiritual, not merely outward, worshiping in spirit and in truth. God is hallowed by you when you give him honor for anything worthy that you accomplish. Psalm 115, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name bring honor for the sake of your loyal love and faithfulness. 
Oh, that God would make that the prayer of Sojourn Community Church in Hill City. Not to us, O Lord, but to your name give honor. God is honored by you when you obey him. Ecclesiastes 12, having heard everything, I've reached this conclusion, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. God is honored by you when you praise him, singing to him with your heart engaged, whether or not you can carry a tune in a bucket. God is honored by you when you grieve when his name suffers due to slander or the hypocrisy of his people. God is honored by you when you stand up for his truth with compassionate conviction, refusing to bow to cultural idols. And friends, the pressure to bow is only going to grow. So will we hallow God? Or will we hallow some other idol? God is honored by you when you honor your fellow mankind as image bearers of God. No matter their size, no matter their state of dependence, no matter their age or their quality of life or their intellect or their socioeconomic situation. You honor God by honoring men and women made in God's image. And God is honored by you when you prefer his name to be honored above and beyond whatever it is you hold dear, whether that's your reputation or even your own life. Job 15, 13, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. God is honored by you when you live a holy life before him, 1 Peter 2. And supremely, God is honored by you when you give Jesus the same honor that is due to the Father. Hebrews 1, the Son is the radiance of the Father's glory and the representation of the Father's essence, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. So sojourn, Truly, may God hallow his name among us and within us so that his name might be honored and revered more and more in our families, in our life groups, in our church community, in our neighborhood, in Chattanooga, and beyond. So would you join me with me in praying the Lord's Prayer? To this end, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.